The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Guns up, get out, welcome to the Failure Stop Podcast channel, the number one show where police meet society and culture. Today you have stumbled in to Failure to Stop Breakdown Friday with myself and the easy, the breezy, the beautiful Drew Breezy cover girl. Good morning, Yo. Drew Breezy. Good morning. Good, good morning, Good morning, Eric. Good morning, and back to you, John. Uh, today's show is brought to you by GhostBed.com. GhostBed.com forward slash sleep. So good, it's scary. It's forward slash Wolfpack. By the way, a lot of coffee today, not a lot of water on the old desk. Lots of stuff coming in the mail today. I'm just going to say it's Small Business Friday because I got so many packages in the mail, Drew, from so many loyal fans that have little small businesses owned and operated by police officers. First and foremost, got gunfighter candles. Gunfighter candles. This one's called SWAT. Smells like SWAT. Smells like testosterone, THC. No, not THC. What's the uh, steroids? CBD, CDB, isn't it, Elijah? Something like that. It's according it to Eric. Like <laughs> testosterone, CBD. steroids, and uh, Viagra and gun oil or Blue Chew. Um, also. Outbound beef jerky owned and operated by a former police officer. This is gluten-free maple bourbon. They've got teriyaki gluten-free. I mean, I don't know. I had something else yesterday that was great. But he sent me a whole box of this. Uh, $7.20 a package. You can go to outboundbeefjerky.com and support this dude. It's brand new. I actually worked on a special project with this guy for about six months. Um, and I, actually, that case is documented in my book. Uh, that chapter is called Thirsty Lieutenants. But this is the Fair to Stop podcast channel, guys. We do four shows a week. This show is, channel has grown so much. I don't know what's going on. The team is firing on all cylinders. We are growing exponentially. We've added a new website that uh, gets access from our paid YouTube subscribers to head over there and get more content. We're also coming out with a Patreon. It's going to have lots of other shows on our Patreon account so that those are our, our listeners, our valued listeners and not our watchers, which we figured out that we have like 99% of our followership, I guess you would say, the Wolfpack is listeners. Um, and we spend a lot of time giving perks to our YouTube listeners, but we don't give a lot of perks to our listener listeners. And so we've got a Patreon account that's if you want to hear more from my wife, Ashley, if you want to hear more from Drew Breezy, um, we're going to have more guests and stuff like that. Stuff that doesn't fall into the weekly chapter, um, that's going to go over onto our Patreon account, which will be super affordable. So just a lot of things growing, man. We Dead Leg Media's doing his thing. Of course, Elijah, the underpaid producer, has always got shit in the works. We're updating the YouTube channel with some more YouTube content. Got the meetup coming with one more and I'm out of here. Just so much going on. So much going on. So if you want to be part of the Wolfpack, support us. Leave a five-star rating or review. Follow us on Instagram and social media. Uh, I don't want to bore you so much. Hit that like button on the YouTube if you're watching today on the YouTube. Become a paid member on the YouTube or become a Patreon member and get access to all sorts of weird stuff, man, like uh, parental advice to uh, guest with, with Drew Breezy, myself, bringing on other people. So just a lot going on, a lot of entertainment stuff going on, a lot of value. Look mental health stuff leadership who knows i mean uh, the possibilities are endless it's not like we can't put this stuff on youtube but 
um, that's widely available for everybody. I mean, we, we just kind of want a platform where we can uh, be a little bit more free and share what we want to share. Oh, and by the yeah, and by the way, the and stuff that goes on Patreon will already go to the YouTube paid members. We're just you know now that we're now that the channel is is growing and we have a core team that we're that we're solid with, and we're starting to add these other things. One of the things that we wanted to add was more value to our paid YouTube members. And so that's why we're starting to do these private monologues on the website. We're having the website built out just for a private login for you guys. So it's a lot more than just the Discord. And but with that, we've heard from the listener side that it's like, yo, you get a lot of perks for these YouTube folks, but like, what about us? So that's why we've got the Patreon. So what we do on Patreon will also go out to the private YouTube members. So it's not like, you, you know what I mean? You have to do both. We're not asking you to do both. Um, Money's tight. We're not trying to break anybody either. We just uh, right. we, I think we want to have a community subscription. Right. We want to have a community that's a community, right? That wants and to that, all that money on. goes to more research, more development, to pay people like Dead Like Media, to pay people like Josh, to pay people like Andrea Uplay, to pay people like Drew Breezy, to pay, of course, myself, Elijah the Underpay Producer. There's a lot that goes into a channel like this. Um, uh, there's a lot of equipment. And so all that stuff just goes to, to making life just a little bit easier to expand. I've already moved into, not moved, I just moved my studio around to update it. So it's looking really nice. But that's enough. That's enough. Uh, that's enough shameless plugging. Uh, do we have any reviews to get through? Oh, today's show, uh, weaponizing of the DOJ. We're going to get into a lot of the stuff that the DOJ is not doing so hot right now. This has been a trend that's growing over the eight years and it's gone too far. It's gotten out of control. Um, and it starts with, you know, it starts with the Russian dossier. It continued over to the school board uh, calling parents terrorists. There's a reason why, and we'll talk about the reasonableness of that and what wasn't reasonable about that. We also have the Project Veritas raids. We have the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, that, that the Department of the DOJ, the, the Breonna Taylor. But now, more importantly, this whole truck indictment. What is the Trump indictment? Is it going to, to, uh, is it going to come to fruition? All that and more today. But first, do we have any reviews? No, we don't have any reviews I that I've handpicked. I have them up. Uh, do we already read these right here? Those were from last week. Reviews <laughs> last week. Yeah, I think we skipped reviews last week. Oh well, then I guess five stars. I have them. YouTube is China. Go ahead, Drew. Uh, this is uh, YouTube is China uh, from back in March. It's a five star review, which we always appreciate. Excellent show. I found this podcast back in the Mike and Transy area era. And have been uh, hooked ever since. Drew adds a great dose of maturity to balance oh. the juvenile antics of Eric and almost everyone in the live chats. Andrea is excellent and has a great back and forth with Eric's constantly in the gutter, gutter mind. Yeah. John has been a great addition with Drew on the Dispatcher Nights, giving us a look at the that aspect of first responder in some. Keep up the great work and thank you for the entertainment and education. You're absolutely welcome. We do not read these reviews simply to pat ourselves on the back. We read these reviews because we found that our listeners enjoy seeing that if they took the time to go write a review, if they took that time out of their day to do it, they should be recognized for it, man. And who it's fun to hear something that you wrote broadcasted live. People like yes, that. It is. That's why we do it. And it makes me feel good. Uh, this is from, uh, I, I'm not even going to attempt, but it's G-O-H-G to That's FBI. Five, that's t total fed. Five stars in ghost bed for money. 
I'm a longtime listener since you started. I'm giving you five stars and bought a ghost bed recently so you can yes. afford to buy better internet. Thank you and yes. stay hard. Yes, yes. And I think my internet's doing very good lately. I've, uh, I've you know, upgraded to 5G's here. So. It's very funny that you say that because my I, I upgraded as well and I'm um, – I was having this issue with my internet for the while, for a while. Then I upgraded. Then last night at the end of the show, it just went nuts. Like mine just like I st- it started tapping out. And then of course at the end, inside joke kind of you know how the downloads go. So I mean it was at eighty one percent. Then twenty min- minutes later, it was at eighty yeah. two. Yeah. Well, anytime that you're talking about the FBI, anytime you're talking about Department of Justice, <laughs> anytime you're talking about corruption, boy, we just have these. Weird internet issues. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm just kidding. I don't believe in conspiracies. Maybe me I either. Maybe I do a little bit though. Just, for the record, for the record, I totally support the FBI. I, um, yeah, did a great do- job with with all the things that they've they've ever done. Uh, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Totally support that. Great job, guys. Twitter files. <laughs> yeah, dude. Suppress my freedom of speech. Love it. Don't kick us off the internet. Yeah, please. Totally support you guys. I mean, just if you're going to just, can you just keep my like upload speeds around 800 and my download speeds around 40? That's Hi, all Drew Breezy, 100% support the FBI in all of their warrants. <laughs> Drew Breezy, address 4396 Bellevue, Florida. <laughs> That's pretty close. <laughs> Um, okay, so speaking of <clears throat> Bellevue Four, I listened to your show last night at the Comp Center. Great episode, by the way. Um, a little bit disappointed that the case you guys chose wasn't chosen for a Friday breakdown uh, because it was fascinating. It was fascinating case of, of just how the DOJ is just out of control right now with the agendas at hand. The ideology that's trying to be pushed on everyone right now is insane. And if you're a cop right now, this is probably the most important episode that we'll ever do because you're going to have to make a choice, guys. You guys are going to have to make a choice as law enforcement officers. You're going to have to do some critical thinking on the job before you decide whether you want to do going forward these things, man. These things that we watch happen during the COVID era, these things that continue to happen. And that's the slippery slope, right? That's the slippery slope that we've always talked about. You allow one of these things, you give an inch, they take a mile. We saw this in New York. Now we're seeing it with the, with the parents versus the teachers. We're seeing with all these different things. This is just a small case that really didn't make the news. And, I, and John, I, I want you to fill us in on the case, right? This, this case was, was new to me until last night. Mm-hmm. This is an, a, a great example of the Department of Justice using ideologies and, and what they're trying to push on, on everybody, this woke agenda. Right. This is a perfect example of it. Um, I, I don't want to, like, uh, embarrass, correct you. I just, I, I have to update. This was not the Department of Justice intervening in this. This was the government of the state of Washington that was doing this. Well, uh, sure. Governor okay. Biden. So it, it's, it's using, I, I should say the department of justice. It's using yeah. law enforcement uh, yeah, it, to or facilitate. Using, yes. It, it's using political means to carry out criminal prosecutions, which is not only just a slippery slope. You, you have to look at this in this perspective. If you hate Donald Trump or if you hate Joe Biden, it doesn't matter. If if we're gonna if we're gonna cheat to win to indict either one of them, we're all in jeopardy. 
we're all screwed. So this this is the warning. Listen to every like major attorney like Robert Barnes or Harmeet Dillon or and I understand they may lean conservative. And if if you don't know Mark Garagos even who does not lean conservative, who whoever it is, they're telling you, listen, guy, Alan Dershowitz. If once you open this door where you've weaponized the Department of Justice or any state government or whatever to start enforcing laws or conducting investigations in the name of political agendas or political animus, we are all screwed. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican or whatever. And you're you're so right, Eric, when you talk about COVID, it just snuck in under COVID like you know, so then we now we start questioning, well, was there actually a need for an emergency? I mean, I, I get that we didn't know what we had on our hands. There's still some debate on whether, you know, it was intentional or not. And, you know, that's your point of view. I'm a little bit more uh, friendly to the government, but um, and I'm joking, but but still they snuck in all of these emergency things. They told us it was a 60 day bend the curve or whatever, a 15 day, but whatever this stupid, something about a curve. And, and then they imposed all these like draconian laws and, and some States are still prescribing to them. Even after the science comes out that says, uh, you know, masks don't work or, or, uh, you know, t- uh, locking children down, uh, at home and not having them socialize in school was damaging. It set us back two or three years in education and, and all this other stuff. I mean, it, it's, it's a very, very slippery slope and we're flying down it right now. Absolutely flying down on it, man. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, I did a lot of research on the show throughout the week and I, I didn't really realize how deep that rabbit hole goes as far as, how much we use law enforcement right now to carry out political agendas. And it's, it's really, it's, it's the fairness part of it. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's unreasonable, right? Where you have somebody like Hillary Clinton that's caught up with this whole Russian dossier, the, the, the dossier, the Russia collusion, uh, all the things that she did against Bernie Sanders, of course, in the wiping of the laptops, all of these things, which are, you know, kind of a big deal, right? Much huh. bigger deal than this whole stormy Daniels issue. So the fact that they, they're going after Trump on this nitpick type deals, it's not saying that I'm not saying that Trump didn't do anything wrong. I absolutely do feel like he did something wrong. I don't think that what he's done wrong, even in this case, in, in the Stormy Daniels case, it, it doesn't even compare to some of the things that Hunter Biden has done mm-hmm. that Joe Biden has been a part of when he met with China with, with the Obama administration. Um, or any of the things that Hillary Clinton did, right? Or, or, or Bill Clinton or Nixon. Uh, you know, Nixon didn't. Nixon didn't go to jail. I, no president has been arrested, or former president has been arrested since Ulysses S. Grant, and he was arrested on accident by a cop that didn't even know who he was for a like a horse theft mishap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know. So now we're gonna go after. Trump on something super small because we don't want him to be president. We don't want him to run again. And that's not what that system is made for at all, at all, at all. And let's not forget that this was all Trump's money to begin with. And so this is a bookkeeping error. This is a very, very, it's not even an error. I I mean, we'll we'll get deep into the Trump thing because I I have a lot of information on that. Let, let, Let me just read you 
the 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 cojones. Let me let me just read you. We have a, a saying down here. Uh, this the in Espanol in Florida. Uh, the cojones, the balls of uh, the the State Department put out this um, the spokesperson Anthony Blinken. The, or I'm sorry, he's the Secretary of State. Uh, he put out a statement in November of 2021, and I'm going to read you the statement verbatim, but I want you to think about what country he's talking about when, he, when he's making this statement. Uh, the title says Venezuela's flawed November 21 elections, okay? Now listen to, listen to the details he gives. The Maduro regime deprived Venezuelans yet again of their right to participate in a free and fair electoral process during Venezuela's November 21 regional and local elections. Fearful of the voice and vote of the Venezuelans, the regime grossly skewed the process to determine the result of this election long before any ballots had been cast. Arbitrary arrests and harassment of political and civil society actors criminalization of opposition parties' activities, bans on candidates across the political spectrum, and manipulation of voter registration role, roles, and persistent media censorship and other author- authoritarian tactics all but quashed the political p- pluralism and ensured the elections would not reflect the will of the Venezuelan people. Is there is there anything in there that you can think of that parallels to what is occurring or has occurred within the last two elections, two presidential elections? I mean, it, it's it, it, this is like a complete projection. He is saying everything that the the, the namely the the uh, current administration has engaged in his administration, basically. Right. Right. The political censorship, arresting people that don't deserve to be arrested, uh, dissenters, i.e. January 6th people. Um, we, we now have the government, uh, specifically the Biden administration, um, censoring on uh, all social media platforms, but exposed widely on Twitter. These are all the same things. And they're saying this is horrible what Venezuela did. It's the same thing they did. It's the same thing that they engaged in. It's just that we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, we even see this with the teachers. Mm. That whole case back in October with the teachers being, I mean, with the parents being made to be terrorists was, was all because the opposition did not want the voices to be heard in regards to their kids wearing masks during the COVID lockdowns or right. speaking out about the government at all. And, and so now we've made parents criminals. And I don't confuse this with, with the threats. I don't, I don't agree with, with threats. And I do feel that I, I do feel like threats should be taken very seriously. And I know that if you're, if you're leaning left and, and you and, and listen, this isn't a left or right thing. This is just, we didn't see this with the, did, did, we didn't see this with the, with any other administration ever in history. Well, just, we didn't we didn't see it. That's not to say that it wasn't occurring, right? But, but it we, wasn't we happening on such it. a large scale or such an obvious scale that we could just see it. And it's never come to fruition, right? We, we saw them go after Bill Clinton, you know, with what happened with Monica Lewinsky and then lying under oath. But it went nowhere. Right. The same thing with Hillary Clinton. You know, there was like a little bit of public shaming involved in all those things, but it went nowhere. They were able to get away with it, almost like with impunity. 
and I don't want to get off topic. I don't agree. I mean, I, I almost agree with that now to a point. Like I understand why they did it then because it is a slippery slope. Had you had arrested Bill Clinton, then there's going to be a lot of other people that got to get that have to get arrested and, and they would just clean house. Cause I, n- nobody is perfect. And a lot of our politics, all of our politicians are disgusting and they do disgusting things. So it's, they, they a, it's do a slippery slope, but they do it to protect their grift. It's not, it's no longer about the representation of the people. That's, there are few, there are a few that are representing us that are truly there to represent us. And they quickly get quashed. They, they quickly get run out of Washington. They get their, their party, whether they're Republican or Demo- Democrat, does what they call primaries them. That, that the next time they're, they're up for reelection, the committee of that, like the Republican National Committee or the Democratic National Committee, will dump a bunch of money into a candidate that they push to get that person out of office. They they need somebody that thinks like they think, not right, uh, not that's there to represent Eric Tansy. Right. So going back to the the parent thing with the teachers, um, there were threats that were made towards the school board and school board officials. And that should be taken seriously. I would also argue that somebody involved in a school shooting should be taken seriously as well. Yeah. Um, and we know that the FBI uh, knew that they they knew before Nicholas Cruz in January with one of the largest uh, school shootings um, uh, in Parkland. Yeah. They'd already had an FBI tip and they couldn't stop that kid. Right. So we know that the FBI doesn't really give two shits about threats to other people. And they say they do, but they do all that they can. And if they took that as serious, the school shooting as serious as they took the parents who were yelling at these school board officials in the middle of the meetings, if they took that as serious as that, then I wouldn't have a problem. But the, part, the, the, the point is, is that the FBI doesn't take one threat seriously, but then you have a minor threat of parents who are just angry at the way that their kids are being taught critical race theory, the way that their kids have, are, are subjected to having to sit in the classrooms with uh, gay flags or, or, or whatever the case was, which there, those were several cases that were brought up in these school board meetings, that the school board colluded with, with the Biden administration to then come up with a very fast acting plan of attack. Um, this, this plan actually went into fruition within five days five days from a letter being written from the school board to the the Biden administration to the FBI releasing a memo, a nationwide memo about. Yeah, it was Merrick Garland. It was the attorney general that released it and it was kind of marching orders for the FBI. Yeah. Right. And then 24, 24 days later, they had already had like the intelligence agencies, the NSA or, um, uh, all those three letter agencies had already put in, had already taken out, uh, they pulled files on, on these people. So they have FBI files per se. And a lot of them were not guilty of anything. And there was an entire, entire write up on this. This was the, um, uh, the, uh, the subpoena documents about, um, from the attorney general about anti-parent, the anti-parent memo, and it just goes in super detail. If you get a chance to to look it up, it's at the judiciaryhouse.gov, and um, you you can read through it. But pretty disgusting, pretty disgusting things that happened with that with that case. Did you uh, ever because see... these are parents just like myself? Yeah, they're concerned with the 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 education of their children, and you know I I'm tired. I'm I'm a future step parent, 
I, I'm right. tired of hearing um, this is not happening. Like it's not even happening. Don't tell me it's not happening. I mean, I, I don't care if there's just one case of it on Instagram that gets uh, floated over and over and shared over and over again. That indicates that it's happening. And and I'll tell you the scariest, uh, the scariest thing that happened was the guy that was arrested in. I'm trying to think of the county in Virginia, not Henrico. There was a there was a Loudoun County, Virginia, which is the wealthiest county in the United States. It's just outside of D.C. Go figure. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so he goes into the school board, if you remember this, and starts questioning why they allowed a male to use the female restroom because his daughter was sexually abused. His daughter was attacked, raped in the in the uh in the um restroom where, where she should have a total expectation of privacy as a young developing girl but this this guy who identifies as a girl got to go in there and change and rape and so the 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 problem wasn't just you know that it happened at this school. This was the second time it happened. It happened at another school. They relocated him to another school. He played the same game again. He got access to the women's bathroom. He raped this guy's daughter. The, the guy goes in and just wants simple questions answered. He's furious. Right. Uh, no, there was no law enforcement involvement, which I still, you know, they should be mandatory reporters. I don't know how Virginia works. I know in Florida, that's how it works. And there was no real law enforcement involvement. The, the school board was trying to cover it up. And you know what happened? They arrested the parent. It's the parent's fault. They arrested the parent for making noise at a school board meeting. They tackled him to the ground. I mean, you know, the cops were, were doing what they were told to do. Um, so it may not necessarily be their fault. They may not know the, the scope of what happened. But the, the, the allegations were never uh, brought to light. The allegations were never discussed and here this guy is calling them on it is holding them accountable they are politicians that we a school board is somebody that we the people elect and when he questioned them about his own daughter being sexually abused he became the villain he became the terrorist he became the the homegrown white supremacist the face of local terrorism that got put all over msnbc and cnn and all these other networks um as as like the the parent before knowing the full story once people knew the full story of course they never really talked about it anymore you know so what, what the point of this you know why why i bring up the the parent teacher school issue is because it's a civil rights issue it what is the purpose of putting these people on fbi watch lists even the ones that didn't make a threat. So because a couple of people made threats, we're gonna put out this statewide memo, we're gonna take it very seriously. We're not taking seriously about these school shootings because if they were, I mean, how many of these school shootings did the FBI have tips? We see it for almost every single one <clears throat> that they had a tip. So we're gonna take this one ultra seriously. We're gonna hyper focus on a few of the threats, which is great, great. But now every time somebody speaks up at one of these meetings these board meetings they're now reported to the fbi right. and the fbi opens up a case file on them and a lot of things are discovered about them and they forever have a case file they're always on the radar if you know that and it's publicized and it's put in the news which it was that's the whole point of a nationwide memo right it's not a leaked memo everybody's getting it 
it, it is to subject fear. It's it's to put fear on those parents. Hey, parents. just know if you go out to these school board meetings and you raise your voice, you're going to be on a watch list. And that silences a lot of people like myself. I mean, thank God my kids don't go to public school. I thank God for that every single day. Um, and by the way, my kids hang out with public school kids all the time. And I'll tell you right now, leaps and bounds difference. I, I don't, maybe I'm biased. I don't know. But watch my kid next to a kid his age that goes to public school. It's completely different. The things that they talk about, the things that they do, totally different. Totally different. They're in, um, they're no longer educated. They are literally being indoctrinated. indoctrinated. You know, my son, like when not... he plays with his friends, it's all about fort building, skateboarding, skateboarding tricks. The conversation is always about how do we cross the creek? How do we dam up the creek? How do we catch more crawfish? Okay, that's what my kids' conversations with with all the other homeschool kids that he hangs out with or <clears throat> you know the stories that i hear on the days that they don't get to see their public school friends because they don't see public school kids during the week very rarely they do but then on the weekend the conversation at the dinner table is not hey what 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 happened down at the creek today it was hey dad what does bisexual mean <laughs> you know what i mean so like yeah. that's what public school kids are talking about bisexuals and trans and they're talking about, uh, you know, I, I've told this story before, but my kid was having a very deep conversation underneath a playground slide with a child. And I saw that my son's face was like the face of like, what are you talking about? And, and so when the conversation was over and my son, milled, you know, kind of came back to the picnic area to grab some sex, I said, hey, man, what are you and homeboy under the slide talking about? And he says, he's just asking me some weird questions. And I was like, what kind of weird questions? Now, by the, by the way, my kid was like six or seven at the time. And he says, Dad, uh, he asked me if I loved Donald Trump. And I said, Oh, really? What did you say? What did you say? And he says, Well, I don't love anybody except my parents. And I was like, Okay, that's a fair enough answer. And then he says, Well, do you hate Donald Trump? And I said, Well, I don't know. What did you say? And he goes, I, I said, I don't, I'm not allowed to hate. I don't know. I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to hate anything or anybody. My parents won't let me. And I laughed and I said, But it's a fucking great answer. And then uh, I said, what happened next? And the kid said that he hates Trump. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, dad, what, what, who is Trump and why does he hate him? And I was like, don't worry about it, dude. Fucking, and I would find some other kid to go play with. But you know, that's the conversation that public school kids are having on playgrounds. Yeah, is who they uh, hate and who they love politically. That's fucking I'll tell you what, nuts, I had an experience as a kid and uh, some neighbor kid tried to show me his penis. So... <laughs> If that says anything about public schools, were you were you a public school kid? <laughs> no, you, you, uh, that went, was that was last week. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I I went to charter schools, um, so a little bit better than public schools, but now they they suck. So. You know, you know, I think that there's that Elijah brings a good point. That's that's what this is about. What this is about is th there are a series of you know conservative leaning people who are saying hey give us the money for education and let us decide where to send people let's let a, let's let them go to christian schools or or uh uh charter schools or private schools or, or, or how about just how about we just bring back discipline into schools schools is a uh, discipline even so but but the democrats are funded by the unions by teacher unions and they cannot lose their funding so like the National Education Association, all these other people, they have a very powerful lobby. That's who 
sent the letter to uh, Merrick Garland, who in turn issued the the um, the edict to the DOJ. I mean, charter schools are a threat to the union. And do we lose you or did you, did I lose he myself? Oh, here, here we go with the oh. internet. <laughs> we just if talked you, about it. If you disband the union, then you've, you've lost a, a chunk of your base. Like you, you're going to lose a chunk of your democratic yeah, Basically even for a charter school, we didn't have, um, they had like our, uh, attendance day or whatever the heck it was called. And basically it was their way of telling the charter school, Hey, we have this many people. And so we get this much money. Um, so they had to please the, I think it was CMU was who their charter was through. So central Michigan university had to, uh, like they, they gave us all the money. So they still had somebody watching. So it's not much different than public schools at all. But, it, but there's a choice of where you could go. Yeah. Right. That's so, true. so that's like, that's the difference too, because you're going to lose funding for a lot of inner city schools or, you know, that's kind of the reality. Well, I, I love that there's like this huge, you know, by the way, you know, the public schools, that was like a religious thing. Like that was created by like religious Christians. They mm-hmm. formed a public school because they thought that everybody needed to go to public school so that everybody could learn about, about Christianity and God and everything like that. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, like it's it school was made for indoctrination. It well, you, I mean, you know, it was created yeah, for that point. And I, I get that you have to have an education. I love that there's this like huge resurgence, like where homeschool is not like weird anymore. I mean, every single day we're meeting new homeschool people or people that are calling us and saying that they're going to homeschool. What can they do? Is there any homeschool groups? Uh, every single day. Every single day I have a conversation about, hey, I'm going to pull my kid out of school. Just the other day, I, t- I talked to a woman who uh, wanted to pull their child out of school early and the school made them, uh, you know, they had to write why, you know, and <laughs> and we had a discussion on, on that. And she said, well, you know, and I said, what happens if you just put because I want to pull my kid out early to go skateboarding with other kids? And she says, well, you know, th- they'll you'll start getting letters. They'll start sending you letters about attendance. They'll start sending you letters about. You know, and she's like, I just don't want to deal with the letters. But I, it's your child. You should be this able to is, pull your kid out of school for whatever reason you fucking want to. Th- this is the very core of uh, of what drives me insane about all That's of this. That's insane. Like, if, if okay, so there's so they say there's no indoctrination going on or whatever, but there there are <laughs> there's legislation that's being written where. Uh, you know, teachers can have secret conversations with students that that the parents aren't involved in or whatever. I, I mean, how about this? How about thinking about this in, in the big picture? Hey, teachers, you're only with my child, my kid, for two or three hours a day for 40 weeks out of the year, at best, two or three hours a day. I've got the other 22 hours a year. I mean, I've got the other 22 hours of the day uh, or, you know, the kid's going to be at school most of the day. I get it. But y- you only are exposed to this kid for two hours a day. You're not responsible for what happens to them when they come home. You're not responsible for what happens to them on spring break. None of that. I am. I'm responsible for that. That's my child. That's not your child. And it's not your place to say that because I have conversations with them because I disagree with and I don't. But it's not your place to say that if I disagree with homosexuality and I have that conversation with my 15 or 16 year old 
uh, kid that you get to pull them aside and say, your parents are wrong. You don't need to, you, this is a safe place for you. What we do here, we keep secret. That's, that's way over the line. That, that's got nothing to do with education. That's right. indoctrination. That's, right. yeah, leave, leave my kid alone, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine. Um, I, I wouldn't allow my kid to sit in a classroom with a gay flag for five seconds. Wouldn't do it. I would not expose my child to that same way as I wouldn't expose my child to sitting in a classroom with a rebel flag or with any kind of other like political indoctrinating, you know, I wouldn't want a, you know, a Christian flag, a, a Muslim flag. I mean, I, 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 my kid's not going to school because of your religious values or your religious yes. ethics or your it's sexual preferences. It's, it's like my kid goes there to learn math, reading, science, English, and then to get the fuck out. And if you've got time to talk about other shit, well then you're th then move, move the kids onto something else. You know what I mean? It, it, I'll teach my kids the political views that I want my kid to learn. I'll teach my kids the moral and ethic code that I want to teach my kids. And I'll teach my kids the religion that I want to teach my kids It's none of your business. Um, and it's none of the, you know, the school board, the, the business, you know, Again, we're way off track on this. We're supposed to yeah. be talking about the Trump but, indictment, but I mean, I think it's it's important to note that it is. This is the weaponization. This is all part of it. And and you know who I feel the most sorry for are the the teachers that are that are in this f to win it. The the teachers that are th that are really caring and compassionate and just want to educate and just you know want to want to be a good role model in a child's life and helping their development. And because there's plenty more of them, and then there are of the 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 vocal minority that is just, you know, trying to take this education system over. So I feel the most sorry for them. Like they, they, they're not necessarily paid handily. And, you know, my ex-wife is a, a teacher. She was a special education um, uh, specialist. She, she, ex exceptional student education specialist. She handled all of the special ed teachers in her school. And, you know, she was, she grew up at, uh, as a, uh, visually visual impairment teacher and um listen we spent more on school supplies and getting her classroom ready uh, ready per year than <laughs> than i spent on police equipment i can tell you that much um teachers aren't necessarily always uh uh you know well paid or uh that or well compensated but it's the the few that are giving the the masses the bad rap and i think the unions have a lot to do with that to be honest that's yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I probably had more bad teachers than I had good teachers. I can name probably three good teachers out of my whole life that were worth half of shit. You know, everybody else was just there to collect a paycheck or to push a political agenda. Um, and I, I didn't, I, I, I hated public school life, which is why I decided to, to homeschool our children from, from the start, from the very beginning. But, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I, just for me, it's like, I, I wish they would bring back a decorum to the school. I wish they would bring back discipline. I wish teachers uh, would not, I, I don't think you should be showing your tattoos as a teacher. I don't think you should have colored hair as a teacher. I don't think you should have exotic fingernails as a teacher, unless it, unless it pertains to school spirit. Um, you know, I understand coloring your hair for school spirit. That's, that's different. That's that highest breed of core. I want you to be proud of the school you go to and your armor otters and all those things. You know, I, I like that, right? I like the camaraderie that goes in that, but that's not what we see. We see hair color that indicates what political side they are on. Right. We, we see, you know, when you have a teacher that shows off their tattoos, I don't care what your tattoos are. That's distracting to a kid. Yeah. 
a kid's looking at your tattoos, right? It's distracting because maybe his parents don't like tattoos or maybe they really like tattoos. I don't know, but it's a distraction to the kids. If, 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 I, if, if they say it's distracting as a police officer and it's threatening as a police officer to show those tattoos, you don't think that same respect? When I deal with grown ass adults and my tattoos are distracting or can be threatening to some and I should wear long sleeves, it was a policy that I had to wear long sleeves. And I have a fucking sailboat tattooed on my arm and a sea turtle in the state of Florida. But I had to wear long sleeves. My, it didn't matter if it was hot, cold, whatever, I had to wear long sleeves because it could be threatening to adults. Yet these school teachers can have tattoos of whatever they want and they can wear them just in plain sight to children and it's not threatening. Come on, dude. Yeah, well, I you mean, know. Uh, from what I understand, your the, your administration wanted you to cover those tattoos because they're so bad. But <laughs> what the teachers... You are gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about this? I, I'm, I am... I, I have a little bit of a different take. Like, I, I do believe that the the teachers of a school should should be represented representative of the community. The the, the, the teachers the, the teachers the teachers should be the bar in Star Wars, right? It it should be eclectic. It should be just like no. every listen. Why not? Because it I'll takes tell you a, why. Because Go it ahead. takes a village. Like you're not going to get Mrs. Olson from Little House in the Prairie to to be a proper teacher. So look, it, it doesn't matter what background or what walk of life they come from, as long as they're teaching or mentoring, not recruiting. That's the. Difference. I disagree, dude. I disagree. Okay. I, I, That's let me tell you why I, I disagree. I like I like that you say like it should be a melting pot because it takes a village. Great analogy, right? However, my kids are going there to learn reading, writing, arithmetic. Maybe some social studies and anal and sex. Fuck out. Right. <clears throat> kids learn in several different ways. I'm not going to go into all the science on how kids learn, but, but being that I have almost five kids, you know, I've got four and one on the way. I kind of can see exactly how that plays out. And as I homeschool, I, all four of my kids are completely different and they learn different, different speeds, different rates, sure, different styles. Everything is different. Some are visual learners or some are, you know, sure. maybe need, maybe they need modeling or they need... Here's a great example. Here's a great example. My son, Duke, can kid fl kick Philip down a three, three block, three stairs. So you might say that my 10 year old son is a better skater than my eight year old son. Right. But my eight year old son hit this super long rail with both of his, I'm not going to get into the science of skateboarding, but he hit a rail and he was able to do it. And out of all of these kids, Augie was the only, was the first one. And one of two, uh, uh, two out of like probably eight or nine kids that landed the trick after the kids tried it for hours and hours and hours. So my point is, is that my eight year old learned a trick before my other son who's older, but can also do bigger tricks. Everybody's different, right? Sure. Like everybody yeah. has a different balance and just everything is different. So if you don't have a learning environment that is steady and that is focused, so like the military basic training and boot camp, right? All the drill sergeants leads by example. So their uniforms are perfect. They all wear the same attire. They wear their hats the same exact way. There's no uniqueness about drill sergeants. They all yell the same way. They sing the same way. Their hats are worn the same way. There's very little uniqueness in a drill sergeant. And that is because they want the consistency to be focused on the job at hand, shooting, moving and communicating. When you sit in a classroom and you have paintings all over the wall, what happens to, to my 10 year old son when he sees all the paintings in the wall, that motherfucker will not look at that teacher for five seconds. He'll be looking at all the paintings on the wall. Yeah. I, well, I, 
I want to I want to interject and Go say that it. I'm kind of in between on both of these things. I feel like there should be more strict rules for people who are not in high school. Um, but in high school, like I had a super crazy liberal teacher and he was probably my favorite teacher. He never brought that to the uh, classroom, though, like his classroom topics. He wouldn't. That's not what he did. He taught what he had to teach. That's but my you point. knew you knew by the stuff. No, that's fine. Like I, I, maybe high school is different. Liberal. He he had stuff like that in his room. Not a not a gay flag, at least when I was there. But he di- he never pushed that on students at all. Then I had teachers who heavily pushed that on students, but had a plain classroom and looked like what you're describing, Eric. I just I think that when well, you get you into know, high school, the rules should kind of change. Sure, because you're getting ready. Like high school is getting you ready for college, right? So I I kind of understand. And I guess like what I'm talking about is not so much geared towards, uh, towards high school and, 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 and listen, let's don't take away from like, again, camaraderie and high esprit de corps of, of your school. So, you know, when I went to, to middle school, you know, but back in the day, I feel like my schools were that same way. Like the teachers really, you know, they could try, they could try to be unique, but they, you know, they really weren't unique. Like all my teachers wore collared shirts tucked in every single day. Most of my teachers male wore a tie. All the female teachers wore dresses or, you know, you know, maybe on Fridays, I think they could kind of casually break it down, but there were, there was a consistency in my teachers. And, and I think kids need consistency, especially in elementary school and middle school. They absolutely need consistency. They need to go to bed at a certain time. They need to eat at a certain time. I mean, consistency is huge when it comes to, you know, I, I think and, and maybe I, I know I'm not wrong because look at the rates of anxiety. No, Jesus I totally, Christ. I, totally I would have anxiety with, with all the shit that kids have to put up with in school. Uh, whatever, changing of the buses, you. changing of the bus routes, changing of the cafeteria policies. No, I, I do see your point, Eric. Yeah. I, I, not only that though, it's not, it's not just about the consistency in the classroom. It's, it's what it's social media. It's TikTok. Like, I, I, there's somebody close to me so, that, that social is, media needs to die. That's how right. I feel about it. It's being in, in, in schools, like make it like vaping <laughs> <laughs> outlaw, outlaw that outlaw social media. I mean, there's kids are getting their education from social media and they're getting their indoctrination from the schools. And, and that's, right. it should maybe be the other way around at best. Because you should be able to limit the the amount of exposure to social media. If, but you know, parents have lost control of that. Almost it seems like it's it's so everyday and and commonplace. Hey, I, I want to acknowledge something real quick. Joseph Russo was in the chat last night, and uh, we had a very controversial case. I can talk about the case if you want, Eric, in a minute. Uh, Joseph had some great points last night, and uh, I, I you know I addressed them and. Uh, I think some of the other people in the chats addressed them as well, and I think he may have taken offense that we were picking on him a little bit too much. Uh, but listen, w- I, the, my nightmare, and, 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 and you know this as well as I do, Eric, my nightmare is living in an echo chamber, uh, especially in a law enforcement environment where you see that every uh, ever so often, like pockets of people who any cop does anything we have to defend them at all costs. And you know that that's not true. We do make mistakes and we got to call out the mistakes when they, when they happen. So uh, please, anybody that's in the chat, anybody that's on my, you know, that comes on uh, comp center with John and I, or, or in this chat, or when we move to Patreon or whatever, 
speak your piece, man. Talk, say, say what you got to say. Like the chats are going to handle it. We're going to handle it. We're all going to, we, we want discourse without discord. We just want to have the conversation. Well, that's just called being a a responsible adult human being. Yes. (laughs) What's that? Just you get having a disagreement doesn't mean that you should not say anything. Just don't be a dick. Dude, I fucking disagree with people all the time. Uh, I disagree with Drew on a daily basis. (laughs) Andrea, disagree on tons of things. Uh, The only only person I agree with 100% of the time is my wife, and that's just because she's the smartest person in the room. So it's like if she says something, I'm usually like, eh, I should probably agree with that because she's probably done so much research before she even said it. Um, My nightmare is waking up not on a ghost bed. My, Mm. My nightmare is coming home from a long day at the skate park, um, a long day podcasting, a long day working at my distillery, a long day after writing a book, um, all of these things that we do, I'm afraid to go home and there not be a ghost bed waiting for me in my bed chambers. Right now, ghost bed is offering 50% off all bundles, plus 35% off statewide. We're going to 50 freaking percent here, guys. Um, the Wolfpack, the, the code right now is Wolfpack. It's a higher discount. 40% off site-wide. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It used to be 35% off site-wide. Now it's 40. Now bundles are 50% instead of 40. So everything's bumped up by, well, five up to 5%, up to 10%. A lot of math here. All let, bundles let are 50% Ghost off. Let do the math. Yeah, well, dude, I don't know how they stay in business with this kind of math, dude. Like, I thought C I was a bad business person. C student that. at best, dude. Like, listen, if, if you take anything I say, like, straight to heart, and you're just like, I've ruined your at life. At this point, I'm kind of thinking it was more of a D minus. This is public schools. Yeah, it was no child left behind. <laughs> this is the result. <laughs> yeah, this is public schools. My son's way more articulate than me. Uh, the customers love the bundles, right? You get that adjustable base, zero gravity, get the TV mode. Uh, you get that ZZZZZ mode, the massage mode, all the USB ports, which is huge. Uh, the most popular combo right now is the Split King Lux mattress with the adjustable base, dude. All that bundles, man, 50% off. So if, if you're in the market to get a bed, now is the time. Normally, they don't roll this stuff out until like Christmas. Um, very odd. Also, I think it's because we signed on for a whole nother season and they're pretty stoked on that. I, Ghostbed is the best, dude. They love law enforcement. They love first responders and they love because I think we're like one of the only podcasts that like you guys put that shit in the reviews. You guys post shit on social media. Like Ghostbed has really become this like iconic first responder brand now. And I think fucking Ghostbed just loves it so much that they're like, let's just keep going, dude. Let's like, you know, 35% was cool. Let's make it 40%. See how stoked these guys get with that. So, um, you know, head over to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. I want to jump into this whole, I want to jump in it. You know, I know that we're burning on time here, um, but I think it is important. What's going on with this whole Trump thing? What is he actually being indicted for? Um, and it's stupid. Okay. Well, let's just, I think it's stupid. Okay. So it's a state charge in the state of New York, first of all. Okay. And what they've Ooh, done is New York. They, they've, they've said that it's a, uh, it, the, the statute of limitations has run on this charge. Okay, we're all familiar with statute of limitations. It's five for mo- five years for most. It's eighteen felonies. years old, right? Uh, no, what do you mean? Uh, statute yeah, of right, limitations. Right. That's eighteen yes, years yes, old, right? Yes, that's the age of consent. So <laughs> the statute of limitations has run. This is a seven-year-old case already. Okay, <laughs> Let, let's let's take a stroll down memory lane. Stormy okay. Daniels. It was the height of the the campaign. Donald Trump was already in trouble with. Uh, women basically because 
grab it right of what he had said on uh when he was recorded and billy bush leaked the recording of or whoever leaked the recording of him saying grab him by the p and all this other stuff so in and he called it locker room talk so he was already in trouble with women so then so I, I really don't think he had anything to worry about it at that point so what happened was the Stormy Daniels thing came to to light. Stormy Daniels was represented by an attorney by the name of Michael Avenatti out of California. And there is allegedly a whole sect of attorneys whose business it is to extort people. You get the video, you get the picture, you go to the person and you say, hey, for a non-disclosure or a settlement, out-of-court settlement, you know, we'll, we'll keep this quiet or whatever. So potentially that's what happened in this case. The, the the issue is um, everyone seems to think that he was so concerned about his election that he that that he ordered, you know, Stormy Daniels to be paid this money to keep her quiet. Uh, the le- great legal minds that I have listened to, and it is my opinion, he wasn't worried about Stormy Daniels or any elections. So to stretch this into election fraud is BS. He has an affirmative, he has a good defense by saying, no, I was a little bit afraid of Melania getting this information. So <laughs> she has come out, she is, Stormy Daniels came out and said, there was no affair. There, there was no affair. Her, her, Avenatti, her attorney stole all of her book money. She got her $130,000 what happened was Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's attorney at the time, for that matter, took out $130,000 from his home equity line of credit. He paid Stormy Daniels through a third party or however they pay, however he paid. His bank, if you don't know this, if you do a transaction over $100,000, your bank is, is required by um, law to, to submit a suspicious activity report. Suspicious activity report, it's called SAR. So his bank uh, submits the suspicious activity report. They start looking and looking and looking and drilling down on this money. Come to find out, he had taken this $130,000. He paid Stormy Daniels. He went to Trump and said, hey, man, I took care of the Stormy Daniels issue. Can you reimburse me for the hundred thirty grand?" He says, yeah, sure. So he gives him his $130,000 back. He doesn't know where the money came from. He doesn't care. Nobody cares. And there's nothing illegal about paying hush money, by the way. Right. Yeah. That's not a thing. Like if I don't want you to talk about something and I'm like, bitch, you owe me to say it then pay, pay up. Yes. I could do that all day long. Right. So, so what we have here, like you fast fast forward to to modern day, the, the Southern district of New York indicts Michael Cohen, Trump's attorney, the guy that took the $130,000 out. They, they indict him not on this issue, they indicted him on, him on, based on that suspicious activity report, from what I understand, he had some issues with some taxi medallions in New York City, and he had some other tax evasion issues or whatever. When they get him to plea in his case, a federal case, when they get Michael Cohen to plea, they get him to say things like, yes, there was an unindicted co-conspirator that I paid $130,000 to to of hush money to so the government was trying to get get cohen as part of his plea agreement to to basically to implicate trump right right so the federal government from there sounds a lot like the whitmere case again yes exactly so the southern district of new york looked deeply into that they have now 
a guy that they have sent to prison, Cohen, who says in an indictment, uh, in a plea agreement, that there's an unindicted co-conspirator, namely Donald Trump, we now know. That right, you're you're um, tricking basically the Department of Justice is tricking people into committing crimes. Yes, yes, they are tricking them. And some of the uh, I'm telling you, some of the attorneys that I listen to, like podcast wise, like Mark Garagos and and all these other guys, they'll tell you, yes, the U.S. Attorney's Office is like when they have a case, they just have a case. Like you're just going to have to figure out how you're going to plea or why you're going to plea. And it's rare that you take things to trial because you don't get discovery. There are all these other funky rules. So what, what has happened to him in the past, according to him, is that he's had clients that uh, would go in, the government says, okay, here's your plea agreement. You're just going to have to read this in open court. And they read it and they're like, I- I'm not reading this. Are you out of your mind? There's like, there's either lies in here or there are things that I don't want to say in open court you know like just just imagine Eric you and I are in the mafia and and I uh, and I say okay I'm going to plea to my charges go ahead US attorney give me the plea agreement I'll read it in open court and I open it up and it's like well Eric Tanzi has killed seven people and wait a minute I, like you, you don't want to say that that's not right. in, 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 unless you have direct knowledge or in a, okay right. so this is what happened with Cohen I, I don't know if I went too deep on you on there but this is what happened with Cohen he became an unindicted co-conspirator. So they looked deeply. The Federal Elections Commission looked deeply into this. Everybody wants Trump's head. There's no – Kathy Griffin wants Trump's head. Yeah, I mean, head. essentially it's like following a car that's on a trip to Florida yes. from North Carolina and just yeah. waiting for it not to use its blinker, waiting for it to touch left of center, waiting for its doing. tires to be bold. I mean, you follow a car long enough, it's going to fuck up somewhere. Right. The the problem is he is the safest driver because he's smart. This guy was the president of the United States. He's a billionaire. It's it's it, he doesn't get to those positions without having some sense or being surrounded by the right people. And in Robert Barnes, the one of the attorneys that I listen to frequently says, "Think about this. If they're willing to, to do this to a billionaire, he's a former president, and he's the leading candidate against the current administration. If the if New York State is willing to do this to him, they'll do it to anybody. They'll they'll slaughter you and me. This guy's sure. the president, and it's so far out in the open. So okay, here we go. There there is a a New York State law that says you know it's a record keeping issue that you can't falsify business records, which is what they're hanging their hat on of of this thing. They are conflating it with a federal elections violation, which bumps it. I'm sorry, they are conflating it with a state of New York elections violation. So what what they're saying is that that hundred thirty thousand dollars was yes a record keeping error. But in the in New York State, that also violates our election law. The problem is, and the problem the grand jury is probably having right now is, Donald Trump didn't run for office in New York State. Donald Trump ran for office in as the president of the United States under federal election laws, and the Federal Election Commission already looked at this and they declined any prosecution. The Southern District of New York, the U.S. Attorney's Office there who has the most to gain by indicting Donald Trump, declined prosecution in this. Everybody has declined prosecution in this because the statute of limitations has run, and there's nothing there there. And it's a weak case. It's a weak 
that, that most people don't really give a fuck about. Obviously, he didn't give a fuck about it because everybody knew that he did it and still voted for him anyway. So, so let's let's look further at the uh, the weaponization. You got now Mar-a-Lago still floating around. Well, no, there, let's start. If you if you want to start with the weaponization, you got to go like with the whole Russian dossier, which oh, got all boy. the warrants for Trump I, I mean, towers can... and the whole nine yards. That was completely yes. He and Carter Page, like like the U.S. government. First of all. That was campaign funds. Hillary Clinton's campaign yeah. funds were used to obtain the Steele dossier, which was proven to be false. Right. And the F FBI used that as fact for a FISA warrant, um, which is the Patriot Act, basically, to which says, you know, we normally say yeah, you can't spy on an American citizen. The American government can't do that without warrant. Well, the Patriot Act came after 9-11. So they're they're abusing the Patriot Act by this FISA court saying, okay, well we have information that um, Russia is uh, is is trying to interfere in our elections, so we're going to start listening to Carter Page, who is close to Donald Trump, and you know that's where the slippery slope started. You're right, and the Patriot Act is exactly what was being used with these parents at the school board meeting as well. Yeah, it's an abuse of power. Like it's there such is an abuse, abuse of power. It's such an abuse of power because it just holds everybody. It down. So now we don't get to have a president that we want to like, by the way, uh, Trump's leading DeSantis in the polls by record numbers at this point. Yes. Um, and, and he rose 12 points like in the last like three or four months. So yeah. nothing that DeSantis is doing right now is helping him. But everything that Trump is doing is doing right. And that's that's like from very like like these are not just polls that you pull at random. These are the biggest polls in the United States. Both are saying like within like one percent of each other. So. Trump is way up right now over yeah. over uh, DeSantis. I want to call him sanctimonious because that's the <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> so, and I'm the, not like anti, I'm not anti uh, any of these guys. I'm just saying yeah. that it's like if the people cared enough about this Stormy Daniels thing, he wouldn't continue to be winning almost at no. every turn. And, and whether no. you want to admit that he wins at every turn, that I mean, facts say differently. I mean, he, he's tied for the record of most votes ever in a campaign this is, history. So. This is, well, it, it, yeah, but actual voters, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. my opinion, uh, Biden got 80 million votes, but there weren't 80 million people that voted for him. He just got 80 million votes. So right, just like sure. Chris, Chris Rock said, you know, like, look, this is the popularity. He's, he's, Tupac sold more records after he was shot. You know, like, if you're going to, you're all you're doing is elevating this guy. You're making you're pissing you're firing up the wrong base. When you when you right. go after Donald Trump, you're gonna fire up the wrong people. Uh so if that's your fear, you're you're dumb. You're being dumb. Yeah, just um, through February and March, he's gone up like tw like twelve points or something like crazy like that. So it's you know, all the things that you're doing yeah. is is having the opposite effect uh that you think it's gonna have. Um so Mar a Lago fell apart. Sure. There's no case there because Biden did worse. Uh, the search warrant on Project Veritas, which was the, yeah on January, a media company. They, they, they've never, ever raided a, a media company ever in the history of mankind okay, for the, leaked the, information. It's, if you want to get into the weeds on that, let's, let's take a look at really the big picture of what happened. The FBI was working. The FBI raided over the diary. They, they raided Project Veritas. They raided James O'Keefe's home. He, he was involved, and Project Veritas was involved in a very contentious lawsuit with the New York Times. What they did was, what, what happened after that was 
they tipped what's the name of the company the beef jerky company outbound beef jerky outbound okay um so what 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 they did from there was um uh they leaked the fbi leaked the information to the new york times that the raid had taken place they did a FOIA request for all of the documents or something to that effect. So effectively, the New York Times got all of the attorney-client stuff from Project Veritas. They got a free shot at it. They got free discovery because of this raid. So the New York Times used the federal government to protect themselves from the lawsuit against Project Veritas. It was unprecedented. Like, you're right. Nothing like this has ever happened. But there are, like, deep, deep levels of violation within that that they right. just skirted around, like, that no American should have to be subjected to. And then we also move on to the Whitmere case, which we're seeing that play out before us in lifetime. I mean, I, I can't think of another case where – there, there were more FBI agents impersonating bad people than there were actually bad people. Um, um, you know, you're taking four FBI agents to go after a very poor, crazy, fucking wackadoodle in a trailer and arming him to commit a crime. You know, if I go to a crackhead and I give him $10,000 to go buy drugs, the motherfucker's going to go buy drugs for me for $10,000, <laughs> but he would not have bought those drugs had I not given him 10 grand to go do it. It's an inform you know a I mean? form of entrapment. Yes. It's a very, it's a huge form of entrapment. So when you use the FBI to create a kidnapping case, it was their plot. It was their idea that they put in this dumb redneck's brain. So they yeah. convinced him. It would be like me going to a massage parlor. You told a great story earlier. And, and I coerced her into giving me a, a hand job as a cop. Like, come on. Come on, you can make an extra $50. All you got to do is tug my penis. You know what I mean? That's like entrapment. She would not have tugged my dick had I not begged and pleaded and offered tons of money. Now, if I go into that massage parlor and I say, can I get a rub and tug? And she says, sure, let's go. Like, that's a different story. But um, you can't entrap somebody. and You can't make somebody commit a crime. Right. You have to let them commit that crime on their own. And, and so, you know, the Department of Justice, again, like the FBI, all these three-letter agencies – creating chaos where chaos doesn't need to be do, do you know why the the january 6th stuff is falling apart on for trump they, they wanted to indict trump on january 6th there's that special prosecutor that's still floating around there nobody will flip on him nobody you, you can't get anybody from proud boys you can't get anybody from the oath keepers nobody's turning informant and they're just putting so much pressure on these people there's uh there, there was an interesting a uh, podcast I listened to called uh, Reasonable Doubt. That's the one with Mark Garagos, and he had the attorney for uh, some of the uh, some of the Proud Boys on there. He, he's specifically representing one of the guys who was doing work for one of the organizations. It was either Oath Keepers or Proud Boys. He wasn't. He, he's in no way, shape, or form a white supremacist. He's a black male. He's a veteran. He was doing security work for them. He was doing something. He's brought into this January 6th thing. They're getting ready. You know, they indicted him. They're getting ready to throw him in prison for all this time. He's got nothing to do with nothing. But they're trying to put enough pressure on him to flip to say that Donald Trump is the one that coordinated this entire January 6th thing. And it's falling apart. It's it's falling apart at the seams. Then you add the Tucker Carlson stuff in there with 
Jacob Chansley and all that other yeah, but stuff. But even when it know. falls apart, they just find a way to bring it back just a little bit at a time. It's like Breonna Taylor. That whole case fell apart. Oh, geez. They waited yeah. a couple of years, and now they're coming up with even crazy stuff. Like, they, they would never, the Department of Justice would never give a shit about a case like that, except that it's politically necessary for them to, you know, it's the same with the Whitmere case. Like, they were desperate to get their namesake back or to, you know, uh, because it's personal to whoever yes. it is. It's personal to them. All this stuff is personal to them. And so uh, where do we suffer? As the American people, we're now almost at the same level as Venezuela is. Right? We've been making fun Oof. of Venezuela on several TV sitcoms, and, and Venezuela's political system has kind of been the joke and the laughing stock for, for a lot of our comedy that we see in, in American TV. We're that, we are that now. We're, that, we are that. We have I this say. intense voter confusion. You have voting things that nobody thinks is reasonable. Nobody thinks that that these mail-in voter fraud, these mail-in computer ballot things, is a good idea. Everybody would say you should go back to the old ways of doing things. You know, and and by the way, the old things were more efficient because we could tell who won an election within twelve hours. You know, now we're twelve months in, <laughs> still counting in some states. Uh, you're muted. You're muted. True. Sorry. Go ahead, buddy. You're muted. Uh, that's uh, in Arizona. That's that's what just happened. Uh, there was a, a victory in the Kerry Lake case last night or the night before, where the lower courts are going to have to look at the signature issue. It's right. not over. You know, it's, right. it's, it's it's not over. And this is this is crazy. So we're all going to suffer from this. And and. But we really have to think, right? We have to think critically on this. We all wanted Hillary Clinton to go to jail. We all wanted uh, Hunter Biden and stuff to go to jail. But once you start putting politicians in jail, that's a whole nother slippery slope because you have exactly what is happening now. They're going to start yeah. nitpicking and following that car from North Carolina to Florida and wait for it to make a mistake just so they can throw it in jail. That's why they didn't do this shit for 100 years. But there was right. also like, somewhat of a decorum some somewhat of a reasonableness like people weren't going the you know i i mean maybe they were john f kennedy you know and maybe they did go the distance uh but with nixon and things there's a reason why they, they don't throw these these politicians in jail because it's a very very slippery slope that you go down now you know i've said in my stand-up comedy routine here re recently that when you try out for special operations when you go to selection it's a very long process and even if you make it through the physical parts of, of special operations or special forces training and um, and selection process, you go through an FBI background check, and they background everything. And you were they go through with a fine with a, a, a whatever fine tooth comb. If I were to if they go and they they pick a rando out of the yearbook and they say, hey, how was Tansy? Oh, he was a radical nutball who did this, this, and that. And they would be like, oh, really? And then they would go and investigate that. And then they would keep going down the line. And then they would bring me in. And then they would question me about it in what's called a murder board. They would have a whole bunch of people just hound me and see how I react to those things. And they would also get the opinions of the ex-wife, the ex-girlfriends, the now girlfriends, the now wives, the moms, the dads, the stepmoms, the stepdads. And they get a totality of the picture of what kind of person you are. They show you pictures of what you've done on social media to see how you react. But I will tell you this right now, that if there was a video out where you looked at a camera, a national television camera, and you said, fuck them right in the pussy, on live TV, you would not be allowed to be in special operations. They'd be like, that's too much. If there were more than one video, maybe if there was one video or more of you sniffing some child's hair, they would call you in and be like, why? 
this is weird, right? You know this is weird. Why were you sniffing a child's hair? Why is there like five fucking videos of you? You know you can't be in special operations. Like you might be a stud, you might be awesome, you you know, you might be a courageous hero with you know, decorated and everything, but like those videos alone, it doesn't even matter what the story behind them is. You you know you can't serve with us, right? Did I see right? Did I see correctly that Hunter's laptop has information about him having sex with one of the Obama daughters? And I, I mean, I could well, I mean, that's one of the conspiracies. There's wrong. like a credit card seen in the picture that has her name on it. It's a black female with the same type of hair. Yeah, I mean, I could same body build, same that. everything. I mean, you know. Um, yeah, but you know, the, but, my my point being is that we have no selection process for our politicians, none at all. And and the proof no. of that is is that was the New York Republican who lied about his parents being in nine eleven. Oh my who god! Lied about yeah. it, you know, lied about his homosexual uh, affair uh, on his wife and and these payouts and all these things. Like it doesn't matter if that's a criminal thing or not. If that was a background check done in your special operations. Uh, FBI investigate your security clearance there, your top secret security clearance, they'd be like, dude, that's too much. That's, it's that's too thing. much information. We cannot, you know, I don't, we don't know what's true and what's not true. And we're not going to get into all that, but just the point that you're that publicized and you have that much stuff going on, we're not going to take that chance because if you ever get captured, it's all going to get used against you. How is there not the same selection process for any of our politicians? Yeah, it's, it's totally a character. If thing. you have and, a DUI, you're probably not going to become a cop. If you've got a misdemeanor arrest for marijuana, you're probably never going to be a cop. If you well, have a misdemeanor case of domestic violence, whether it's true or not, you're never going to be a cop. You can have all three of those things and still be a politician. And there are oh politicians that have all three of those things. <laughs> you can you can get all three of those things while you're a politician. Right. So, you know, this is this is um if we're going to go down the the route of of uh, weaponizing the Department of Justice, then we need to have a standard. And then each one of these politicians needs to meet that standard, which is not because we're we're pulling our politicians from family lineages, the Bushes, the Clintons. Mm -hmm. uh, all of these fall in suit to very long family ties. And that is why we're making room and, and we're making excuses or uh, to allow these politicians to get into office, even having these crazy bad backgrounds, you know, plagiarism from 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 uh joe biden when, joe you know biden. when he plagiarized and wasn't allowed to you know if we start if we clean house and get rid of these old time family generational politicians and we start saying okay if you want to be a politician you have to meet a standard and it should be the same standard of being a green beret or a navy seal honestly you know term limits and you should have uh some some sort of term limit correct you can be on a team for so long um you know, but it's, there's gotta be some kind of common sense and, and there's no common sense. And the common sense is even getting worse now that they were allowed to take somebody who doesn't have common sense and we're allowed to weaponize that. Right. And that's, that's terrible. That's, that's bad for all of us. Cause it means guys like you and I who are talking on, on podcast can now worry about, you know, potentially going to jail somewhere down the road for something that we, we said, or we didn't say. Right. It's or, like, it's in the inalienable rights, God given rights are at stake. And think about these school board people who have an FBI file out on them just because they were the most outspoken. Not that they did, not that they did threaten, because the majority of these people did not ever threaten anyone. They were just, they were just threatening. Vocal. They were just yeah. threatening because of their loud voice, right? And their shirts that they didn't agree with, or you know, their their political T-shirts that they were. Or they bang their chest on uh, on Facebook. Like all of a sudden, that's 
you know what i mean like that's not allowed right um and 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 it's sad you know it's the same thing that happened with with uh joe rogan you know there are people out there who absolutely hate joe rogan that have never heard one single episode exactly of his podcast right. and they cannot tell you why they oh uh, no I, I refuse to listen to this podcast so have you ever listened to an episode yeah 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 i've heard him which episode did you hear uh, because i'm gonna tell you right now if you've listened to one episode of joe rogan you know exactly what that episode was about <laughs> you've and you'll to never fucking forget it every time <laughs> right. i mean the dude is the best interviewer of our generation they're hands down the best interviewer yeah the best interrogator whatever you want to call him um the dude fucking is magical He's smart the yeah. smartest yeah brilliant and you know so when people come to you know when i have these debates with folks and they say i well i i don't i don't remember which which podcast it was but well i know you're lying i know you're lying because you right. you're not going to listen to a joe rogan episode and not know exactly what that whole episode was about now i can understand you not knowing what a failure stop podcast is about because we're all over the place sometimes <laughs> yes we are um but Probably. there's no confusing which joe rogan episode you've ever heard lex friedman is the same way like yeah. either you heard him or you haven't. It's the same like Jordan Peterson, any of those guys. Like, you you know if if you've listened to one, you've listened to a hundred of them. So people will know. You know I, Sarah Kell says I barely know who Joe Rogan is. I'm glad, Sarah, because I think if you went and listened to Joe Rogan once, you'd probably never come back to failure to stop. You, you know would. what I'm saying? Like if 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 Joe Rogan is not one of your go to podcasts, I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't go back and listen to any of the sh- the podcasts that I do. Um, and I don't listen to a lot of the shows on our channel. Um, I, I do, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't listen to them because I listen to all of them. It's just, I don't listen to them in an order, right? I, I have other podcasts that are in order. So I always hit my Joe Rogan's and I might not listen to every Joe Rogan episode, but I, I go in through and I look, what is Joe Rogan saying? What is Christian Sager saying? What is Trick and Bros saying? And then after I go through those, then I say, what is Com Center saying? What is, uh, you know, what was my Tuesday night night shift that I want to go? I mean, honestly, I do not go back and listen to anything that I'm on. I don't. Uh, I, but I do listen to ComCenter and now that ComCenter has gotten really great, ComCenter is at the top of my list. Matter of fact, today I got up and tried to look up ComCenter and forgot it doesn't come out till Saturday. Mm. And under my breath, I went, fuck, I forgot I got to wait till Saturday. <laughs> I wish I would have tuned in last night. I, I was not able to tune in last night live um, because I have kids and that's right at the bedtime for kids. But, um, you know, ComCenter is at the top night. of my list. But my, my point here is that, you know, Joe Rogan is, is one of the best, the best uh, interviewers and nonpartisan bipartisan yeah no he, he he's equal opportunity like he'll call it out it's however they tried to squash everything that he said because he told the truth about or didn't tell the truth about COVID. he never said it was the truth about COVID, but he did what he did with every guess is he had the most qualified person to come and speak about COVID, yeah. and the left Dr. did Robert not Malone. like what he said so they had to go back for years to where he said, why is the N-word, why have we weaponized the N-word and made it something that it's not? Me saying N-word, and he do, he refuses to say N-word, he says the word, because when you're having an adult conversation, you should not be subjected to saying N-word. If you're not being derogatory, if you're not being inflammatory, if you're not, you know, if you're having an adult conversation, then you should use the word. They went back and pulled that, that, that episode from years ago and completely you know, canceled him from iTunes, you know, one of the most brilliant interviewers that has the most brilliant guests, the best guests anywhere from black hole experts. I mean, everybody that he brings on is the highest qualified person in that field. And there's not really other, there's not many other places that you can find that kind of quality interview. And they tried to squash all of it, which is terrible for people who are out there that really want to learn things. 
yes. about aliens or, or Egypt or, um, you know, and, and, and that's exactly what's happening with not only Joe Rogan, but with people who speak out at the school board meetings, the senators that kind of tweet out against January 6th, you know, they're, they're all being held accountable, um, for, for their tweets, even though their tweets hadn't, were not insightful, but they relate them to January 6th and say that it helped. And then, you know, are, uh, impeaching them or, and I'm, I'm forgetting the guy's name right now that they're doing that to. Do you remember who it was? No. It's in the big news right now. They're, they're going after his tweets from, this is new. This was like, as of yesterday, they're going after some other senators tweets because they, they're trying to say that these tweets had something to do with January 6th and insurrection. And, and they, I, it, this was a, a big on breaking point. So I heard, but anyway, I, I, I can tell you this about, uh, about, um, fact checkers on Instagram. I can tell you this about mainstream media in general. The louder you are about a topic or the brighter red your fact check is, the more I believe it. <laughs> it's hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, um, I hate plugging, uh, <laughs> I hate plugging another podcast, but if you're going to listen to Joe Rogan, listen to the Peter Zahan episode mm-hmm. to get your eyes open to what's going on in this entire world. He's a geopolitical uh, kind of scientist and he knows everything about China, everything about trade with Mexico, everything about Russia, everything about Ukraine. And uh, it, it's just completely eye-opening. Uh, and, and we're in a better place than, you know, as Amer- as Americans, we're in a better place than a lot of people think. But that would be the episode I would refer you to. Well, guys, thank you so much. Again, I can't stress this enough. Um, please go out and support the people who support us. Go check out Outbound uh, Beef Jerky. And the reason why is because Outbound Beef Jerky, out of the goodness of their heart, they sent a whole box full of beef jerky, all sorts of different types of beef jerkies. This was a law enforcement officer that I did work on a special assignment with for, for a number of months. Um, and he said, I don't want you to plug me. I don't want you to shout it out. I just wanted to say thank you for all that you guys have done. It inspired me to start, start a business. It was just really sweet. And he sent these things out. But, you know, it's companies like Outbound that understand the importance of law enforcement style podcasts. We know when we worked under a uh, paid advertising agency, how important this is because we lost that ad agency because of our take on Uvalde, because we defended the police, but we didn't defend the police. All we did was say, before we crucify the, the, the police, here are the facts that we should probably get that nobody has before we go down this road, because we do this with every single case and we can't cherry pick it. We're got to be consistent. We can't just come out of the gates with what the media says until we can see that evidence for ourselves before we make a thing. That's all we said. And we lost ads based on that, which was very silly, which means that money talks. So if we want money, then we have to say what they want us to say. And we refuse to do that. that. And Mike and I uh, together decided as a team that we were going to leave that and start our own channel and our network, which has been extremely difficult, way harder than we'd ever thought. We have to do our own publicists. We have to do our own everything. I mean, we had to, we had to buy cameras. We had to buy lights. We have to hire people. We have to find people like Drew Breezy. We got to find people like Joshua from uh, Dead Lake Media, Jonathan Bates from Andrea. Center, Andrea up late. I mean, it's astronomical the amount of work that we have to do to keep a show like this going and, it, and it's going to get better, right? Um, it's starting to get better. It's starting to get easier to sit down and do more research because we're getting freed up time, but it's guys like outbound beef jerky that are going to support shows like this that say that like, Hey, I was an ex law enforcement. I understand what you guys are doing. 
and I want to support you and support the show. And so I, you know, I want to support them and they did not give me any money. All they gave was a really nice note and a really big box of, of beef jerky. And so, you know, if I could help, if I could say anything to these guys, I would say, please go and follow it. It's brand new company outbound beef jerky. The beef jerky is awesome. The packaging is awesome. You can order online it's $7, I think in 20 cents a package, they're bigger packages than what you get at the store. The beef jerky just fucking tastes better. And it's got all this healthy stuff. This guy's an avid hunter and avid fisher was a great cop. He wasn't a yes man. He is in the book, um, under thirsty lieutenants. Um, and so you, you can actually kind of get a picture of what this guy was like, um, according to me. So outbound beef jerky. And we really Bro, appreciate that. I'm, I'm holding you to it. Send me some, some of that I got it, outbound dude. beef jerky. What do you want? You want the, uh, let me see what we got real quick. We got teriyaki. We got, uh, garlic ginger. Ooh, that sounds good. Jamaican jerk. Don't be a jerk, jerk, jerk. I got more bourbon. Bro. Pick uh, one of those and put it in the. No, because last time I gave mailer. you something that that was like had the word liquor in it, I broke your sobriety. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of did. Double garlic teriyaki. Double wow. garlic. Double garlic. Double garlic. My balls. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, you know, all those things. That's why we love Ghostbed so much because they support us and they they carried on with us. So we, you know, stamps.com, uh, Manscaped, all these guys that. that that weren't afraid or aren't afraid to to advertise to everybody, you know, and we got to take care of them or they're going to go away. And then your shows are only going to regurgitate what, what the ad agencies will allow them to do. And that's, that's a fucking scary slope. I mean, this whole world, dude, it's a clown world that we live in. And we do this for you in the chats. And we do this for you that have downloaded this podcast and are driving around on the midnight shift, having to balance between this podcast and putting it on pause because that stupid radio in your car is going off and the dispatchers in your ear telling you that you have to go to an alarm that you know is bullshit. Fucking dispatchers. Chris Dreyer in the chat says North Carolina Reaper jerky question mark. Um, I don't think this guy <laughs> lives in North Carolina, Chris, but I'll tell you what, if you go to outbound jerky, um, which has got like a bull's head with an American flag in it, a bull's skull with an American flag. And if you go and find him on Instagram, send him a private message or send him an email to his website, ask him, I bet you, I know I can give him Carolina Reaper for free. I've got big access to it through my distillery. I got a guy that's been wanting to make a Reaper rum for a while. Um, you know, so if, he, if he's willing to collaborate, if he's willing to do it, man, if, if he wants to do a rum, because he's got the maple bourbon beef jerky, maybe we do an, an instill rum, like we do like a rum beef jerky, you know, give rum some love out there. But I bet you if you message him, uh, there you go. There's his website. I bet you if you message him and give him some ideas, I bet you he'll come through. He just seems like he's that kind of guy. So um as a law enforcement officer though let me leave you with one note before you start enforcing these laws if you're an fbi agent and, and listen i we've got an atf guy i mean we've got tons of three-letter guys that watch this show tons um a number of atf agents even though i shit on the atf a lot um but th this guy is great and he reaches out to me quite a bit and we've had these discussions and and i think he's prepared um and, and i'm glad that he's prepared it gives me comfort to know that that he's questioning even the authority that he's been given in some of these cases. Um, and at the end of the day, you've got to do your job, but you got to do a good job, but you've also got to remember that, that, that you did take a oath an oath and you've got to understand that how far are you willing to go? I always like this analogy, even though it's, you know, a lot of people might disagree with it, but if you just look at it on, on, on its face, just bear with me and listen to it in church when they teach you about sex, right. And they have like this line, and you start holding hands 
well then, you know, that's first base. And then, then you're going to try to go to second base and then you're going to go third base, but it all starts with holding hands, which is a very innocent thing, but that's where sex starts as, as, as a young adult, sex always starts with holding hands. And so once you start holding hands, you got to realize that you're heading down a slope that's eventually probably going to lead to sex. I know that's funny. It sounds silly, but it's true. I haven't found anything that's not factual about that statement. And what we're doing here, though, as law enforcement officers with the COVID breakdown, with the COVID lockdowns, with these warrants that we know that are not that are not warrants, we know that we're not supposed to we use discretion. We're taught discretion. And we know that sometimes like discretion is a very important thing. And that's why cops have discretion. It's because sometimes, you know, sometimes it's important to to do the right thing, you know, and, and the yeah. right thing is sometimes it's in the gray area of what's right, and what's wrong. And, and so you've got to know what, what your line is. You know, if you're going to start holding hands with the government, where do you stop? You say, oh, I need a hard line stop because I'm not going to do this. If, if that's your, you know, belief. So as an officer, you need to tell yourself right now, come up with a thing. It's like, Hey, if, if I know that I don't want to get pregnant while I'm in high school, so I'm going to hard line and I don't go past making out and you've got to stick that. You got to have that hard line. Cause if you don't, homie, you're going to be, you know, you won't be in a bad way. So as law enforcement officers, you need to ask yourself, where am I willing to draw the line for the government? I'm watching that TV series. I talked about on last call that uh, rest of us, last of us, second episodes, trash. Um, but all the other episodes, the, the third episodes, you know, got a lot of points to it, man. Um, as far as like pandemic and, and how law enforcement officers treat people. Um, and you guys just need to be thinking about that as law enforcement officers. How far are you willing to go, man? How far are you willing to go? Second base. I don't know. You gonna, you gonna fill up, feel up society's breasts? Yeah. What are you gonna, gonna do? You gonna fucking finger bang? <laughs> you gonna finger bang? You gonna finger bang some civil rights? 